Oh my goodness. Hello. Welcome. Thank God. It is Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of the Buttonista Podcast, where I, Taylor Miriam Rayo, basically just talk for 45 minutes, I guess. I mean, I have some sort of agenda that I roll through week to week, but what I don't have today is my producer, Jack. He actually just left the room. He left me. He said, we have our own show now. You don't need me. Little did he know I had a few items to discuss with him on today's show. I thought we liked a little Jack in the back, but what I don't have, and I wish I had desperately, is a Miller Lite. I don't understand why it's not in here. He produces. Sometimes that means he is the showrunner, and he's going to absolutely hate that I said that because I totally could have walked over to Night Owl News, which is just steps away from the Troy Innovation Garage, and with all the pride and dignity that I hold in between these overalls, I could have purchased my very own tall boy. But I didn't. I didn't have time. I'm a working girl. I have a full-time job. That actually takes place right here at the Troy Innovation Garage. Fun fact. So today's episode is solo. Today's episode is without Miller Lite, which is probably a good thing. I thought to myself last night, we need to reinstate no weekday drinking. But when you're cooking Italian meals, maybe you need a glass of red wine. When it's hot out and you need to relax, maybe you need a white claw. Or when it's every single day of the year, a Miller Lite is appropriate. So... I don't think I'm going to start no weekday drinking when we have Big Tip Energy going on at Two Buttons Deep. We're about to go visit the new Troy Beer Garden after this, unannounced, unplanned, after our video shoot got postponed. But a girl can dream, right? The girl dreams right here every week, every Tuesday. And you guys are the ones that allow me to dream with you. So today's episode is going to end with an interview with the Phi couple, Allie and Josh. They are a Capital Region-based couple that is paying off over $100,000 in student debt within like a three to five-year goal that they've set. They've almost reached about that halfway point. They're doing it. They're buying rental properties. They're becoming landlords and overall people that are much smarter than I am with money. Some people say, I have it all. I have a fancy lifestyle. I grew up with everything handed to me, and they're so wrong. Literally, none of those things are true. Everything I have, I worked for. It just so happens I am terrible with money, and I have expensive taste. Oh, and by the way, I have $100,000 in student debt. So really looking forward to my conversation with Allie and Josh. Hopefully, they can help me get on the right track to become a millionaire and retire because I've said it on this show before. Let's join together in prayer and preach the one thing that is true in life. I'm too pretty to work. Not just me, but all of us. We are all too pretty in our own ways to work, but here we are working jobs, working side hustles. So maybe it's actually not true after all, but it's something I say to myself to feel better. Today's show though, before we get to the interview with Allie and Josh, I want to go over quickly the dilemma that I was facing last week that I didn't want to say on camera yet. My eyes were still puffy from crying, but I'm ready to say it now. Talk it through. Second of all, is a new quote I heard from my partner, Jack, who left me and isn't here. He said the other day, this is not not why I'm alive. And I absolutely love that quote. We're going to break it down. And then I saw another reference of it out in pop culture, which leads me to my need for house shoes, aka slippers, aka I'm not really sure. We'll talk through that. And then last but not least, we have a nobody asked me, but it's a mean one. It's going to hurt your feelings. It's something I see way too much in the 20, 30-something group on social media. So I'm going to break some hearts, but 
that happens. This is all part of the journey. It's all part of riding the river of life. So this is the hard news of the week. We're putting the meat before the bread of the sandwich. I hinted at having a little bit of a dilemma last week and piling on top of the fact that it was a wonderful week to meet my therapist, who is very sweet. Um, She said one thing to me that was a little confusing, and I'm trying not to overthink it. We talked for about 45 minutes, and I vented. I was obviously having a very interesting time, so I might have just overloaded on her a little bit, might have vented too much. I might have ripped the vent gates open and allowed all of the bad stuff to get in the vents, her vents. That's not really the right way to phrase that. About 45 minutes through, right as we're about to finish up, she looks at me over to Zoom and she says, so what can I help you with? And I was like, okay, um, I'm still processing the fact that you look a little bit like Carol Baskin, but I I just thought I was here for you to help me. I didn't have an answer for that. So, of course, I tried to take it the wrong way, like she doesn't think I need help. Um, so I'm still going to process that. We're going to talk again in two weeks. Got to meet that deductible somehow. But um, yeah, those were the two takeaways from the therapist was that she's not sure how she can help me. And she looks a little bit like a quarantine 2020 famous Netflix character. Moving on. The dilemma that I was facing on top of all the haters, on top of all the crazy, is that I've also talked in the show a lot about the wedding industry and what it's done during the pandemic. Obviously, I spent some time working in the wedding industry in bridal fashion, which took another mental, physical toll on me. But I'm finally feeling the hope that weddings are coming back. You know, I had how many weddings that were canceled of my friends during the pandemic? I guess only one big one was postponed. Um, I had another like family wedding that I was going to, but I feel so bad for anybody out there that has been forced to change plans, postpone, reimagine, and kind of retool their weddings because I really believe in the power and the the beauty of what that day is, even though I hope the Phi couple is going to tell me, don't get married. It's such a waste of money. I think they eloped. I read that on their Instagram page. But I really feel bad because it's only hopefully a one-shot deal, right? Even though, you know, 50% chance maybe there's multiple weddings in your future. I don't have a crystal ball. I just know some stats out there. But it had to be so stressful and really take out the excitement of planning a wedding when you have to postpone, you know, maybe knock down your guest list a little bit, switch venues, reimagine your dress. It's been a lot. So after having some postponed plans and, you know, just kind of a lack of events, obviously, in general in 2020, I've been feeling pretty good about the events that I have coming, of course, because it's always about me. Just kidding. At the end of this year. So I have my best friend since I was two years old who was getting married originally in October 2020. And then I have my other best friend who I met when I was like in second grade who was getting married in October 2021. Coincidentally, they had both had October 9th, that's important to the story, but separate years. So the the wonderful news is, this was my first opportunity to be a bridesmaid. I've never been a bridesmaid in a wedding before, but 
working in the industry, I met with many bridesmaids. I helped them find their dresses. I listened to their stresses. And obviously, I know what a big part of a wedding it is to be standing next to somebody and an honor to be there on their special day. If you're getting asked to be a bridesmaid in a wedding, there's probably a 0% chance you don't want to be at that wedding. You know, you're excited and you know, nervous and all the good things that come with being involved that closely into someone's special day. So I was looking forward to it. Obviously, I sent uh, set my imaginary weight loss goals to these target dates. So the October 2020 wedding was moved originally to May, which obviously I think that date would have already passed and then moved again until August 21st. So I was like, wow, what a great little end of summer, early fall, six weeks run that we're going to go on here. I got my spring mask, so I'm very consciously matching my shirts or my outfits to my mask. Big Flex did it in that neon outfit on Friday at a press event for work. Now I'm doing it with my pale pink. So I'm prepared for events, whether it means masks, no masks, socially distanced, not. Nobody has a crystal ball of when things are going to get better. But I understand things are getting closer. People are getting a little bit anxious trying to figure out what is that wedding that they've reimagined? What is it going to look like in a few months? So the August 2021 wedding of my, not former best friend, but my childhood best friend, um, I haven't really heard like the 411 or the scoop lately. I heard last that you know, we might need to redo the bridesmaids dresses because we spent a lot of money on some velvet ones that weren't really going to match in August. Um, But that was kind of it. I haven't heard about a shower, haven't heard about any other plans leading up to the wedding. But my friend and I that um, I'm in this wedding, we're just not as close as we used to be. We have a 20 year friendship, but obviously people fall apart, fade away, you know, different interests, different groups of friends, different jobs. You know, she's a nurse. She works crazy hours. But unfortunately, there's also no excuse because now we live about five minutes away from each other in Saratoga and haven't seen each other at all. I moved to Saratoga in October 2020. So that says a little bit about the situation that I'm setting up for. However, I get a call the other day prompting uh, the sharing of some new wedding news, which I'm like, great. I also know whether we're close or not, this is not the time to be badgering somebody about their wedding. I don't need to call you every day and say, what bridesmaid's dress am I wearing? Am I getting a new one? Am I getting my money back? Are we doing a bachelorette party? It's not about me. And I can only imagine how stressful it's been to get those inquiries and questions from people that you don't even know. Classic small talk anytime you slap a big engagement ring on there. People are going to ask you a million questions about the wedding and add COVID on top of it and all the changes of plans. It has to literally be exhausting to talk about your wedding. So I am not the one that's going to bring things up and try to have casual conversation with my best friend when I know she's going through enough trying to figure out the best case scenario. So she says, did you hear the news about the wedding? And I said, no. She said, call me when you have a chance. Whoo, girls, if anybody says call me when you have a chance, you don't want to call them. You don't want to hear what's on the other end of the phone. That is pure foreshadowing, if you ask me. If someone says call me, if they can't text it, they can't describe it quickly, calling is not, um, it's not a, uh, a casual thing anymore. It's not a, um, that's not the word that I'm looking for. Calling is not a spontaneous like check-in like it used to be. You call because you have a purpose. So I let her give me the whole breakdown of the scenario. A lot of money tied up in the venue, obviously. Can't very easily just you know, quit the wedding and move to a backyard or a smaller ceremony. And I totally get that. And the part that really pulled on my heartstrings 
with my friend was that, you know, she'd been considering other options for the wedding, given the fact that her family is very strongly not interested in paying all this money to wear masks and to cover up your hair and makeup and your loved ones. But she did strongly consider maybe another option for this wedding, just so that it could happen in a way that feels more comfortable for the family. But she said when she went to her venue the other day to check in, see what the deal was going to be, she said, oh my God, I just want to get married there. I just felt it. I looked around like that's her dream wedding is at this location. And, you know, as much as it's about the people that can be there and the surrounding factors, she showed up at this venue in Lake George and got the goosebumps that this is the place that was meant to be for me to get married. But unfortunately, the wedding venue is still going to be strict about COVID. You know, they have rules around dancing, wearing masks when you get up. And she just doesn't feel in her gut that that is what she wants to do. And August is very quickly approaching. She'd have to cut the guests down. Blah, 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 blah. Moving on. I mean, making this faster than it needs to be. She says, I asked them what other dates they had in case I didn't feel comfortable with August. She said they listed a bunch of random Tuesdays and Thursdays in 2022, and they listed October 9th of 2021 as a possible date. As soon as that came out of her mouth, I just honestly wanted to burst into tears, selfishly, of course. I was happy for her. She wanted a fall wedding. The opportunity was approaching. Maybe it was all lining up. Things were coming into place finally after two years of being dicked around by the wedding industry and COVID and things out of people's control. That was also the day that her grandmother had passed away. So there was some sentimental value from the family. And I said, that is great. That's so great that you're going to switch your date. Um, But I can't go because my other best friend is getting married on October 9th, 2021. And I tried to hold back the tears. I tried to stay positive because for the fifth and final time, it is not about me. Weddings are not about anybody else but the couple though everything tells you that that ends up not really being true so I had to swallow for a second she was like holy shit I had no idea I totally forgot um you know wow that makes this decision so much more difficult I can't imagine you not being there but I just had to be calm and say listen it's your day you have to do what you want to do I will be absolutely devastated that I can't be there you know I can't be standing by your side I can't wear the dress I can't really be part of the entire wedding weekend you know my boyfriend's initial reaction was you know try to go to both but when you're in a wedding and you're a bridesmaids you have to be all in you know I want to be fully committed I don't want to be like that uh movie 27 dresses where she's bouncing back and forth trust me I'm flattered to be that popular um I didn't really think I'll be in that many weddings in my life period probably I don't know four if I had to guess so here's two right here probably have two or three left So the fact that I'll be missing out on my very first best friend's wedding is devastating. But unfortunately, it was an easy decision that I have to go to the one that was originally planned for this date. It's more of my lifelong friends, people I keep in touch with, people that really support me. And I've been involved in the planning of this wedding. I've helped with the dress situation, the alterations. They've asked me for recommendations and advice. I just feel a little bit more emotionally close to the wedding that's coming up. And that I have to honor the date that I committed to almost two years ago when that date was planned. This was way pre-COVID and her family has no plans on changing it. They'll embrace, you know, masks, social distancing, whatever has to happen. That's the day that their daughter and my best friend is getting married. But it was an easy decision, but it is terrible. This is 
awful to imagine. You know, it's like you can't be two places in once. You have to commit. But it's such a special day. I mean, those pictures last forever. Memories of the wedding last forever. People talk about that day and I'm just going to have to envision it and say I hope it was great and, you know, obviously do some grand gesture to show that I wish I could be there. But I'm trying to stay hopeful. You know, it's not a done, done deal yet, even though it sounds like it is. Um, I'll obviously try to be part of the bridal shower and maybe a little mini local bachelorette party that's going to happen for my childhood best friend. But what a freaking bomb to be dropped. And of course, I just was feeling so sorry for myself. I'm like, why me? Like, why can't I just enjoy two great weddings in the first season of events? My two best friends to officially get married. You don't get those moments back. You don't get those time back. And like I started off this saying, like, it's such an honor to be asked to stand next to somebody on their special day. And I know it's just one day. It's not going to change our friendship. And after the year that it's been, she deserves the absolutely perfect wedding. And they're so busy. They don't know I'm going to be there. They don't know. They're not going to notice my presence or my lack of. So I'm swallowing it, taking a deep breath, and moving on to finding a matching mask for only one wedding that I will be in. And in her uh, benefit, no, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to save myself. I'm going to save myself. I'm not going to say some self-deprecating humor because we must move on to Crocs. I never thought I would talk about Crocs on the Buttonista podcast, but unfortunately, it is time. And it's time because a dear friend told me, this isn't why I'm alive the other day. I think we were just talking about like the grind of work and balancing different activities. And he's like, you know what? Nope, that's not why I'm alive. And I'm like, wow, what a powerful statement, Jack Fitzgerald, John Fitzgerald Carpenter. I just got a huge kick out of it. He made me laugh out loud with that because I feel like you could literally exit a room at any given time, no matter where you are, and just say, listen, this isn't when I'm alive. See you later. Bye. Mic drop. Very like a lean from Seinfeld vibes I'm being given from that statement. This isn't why I'm alive. That is your key to exit any and all rooms you want to. So thanks to Jack for that. Obviously, people say things similar. Um, People usually say, like, I'd rather die. Which is, that's harsh, right? It's kind of the the more harsh version of that's not why I'm alive. Alive is positive. Dead, negative. We know that. But made me laugh as well when I saw that Victoria Beckham had a quote responding to Justin Bieber who gifted her a new pair of lavender Justin Bieber collab Crocs. And she said, thanks, but I'd rather die than wear these. And I just felt like that was an a freaking men comeback experience celeb back and forth because Victoria please let me congratulate you in telling the truth in being your authentic and honest fashionista self and I'm with her people might think that's that's dramatic right it is harsh I just said that but I really truly would rather die than wear certain fashion trends for me it's probably ballet flats toe cleavage that I would rather die than wear. Like I literally would rather die than wear a pair of like Tory Burch ballet flats with like the circular logo in the front. I'm not I'm not kidding you. There's absolutely no scenario in which I would put myself in that even if I had to walk barefoot for miles to get somewhere. I still don't think I would put those ballet flats on. So I appreciate and respect the sentiment. I think someone that's truly into fashion should feel like they want to throw up at the sight of a popular clothing item that they don't agree with. In Crocs, It's relevant today because A, like the teenagers are wearing it, I've seen Crocs worn out and about more within the last year 
than I ever have. I remember when Crossgates, I think they have a Croc store maybe, or I've seen Croc stores, you know, places before. And I'm like, how the fuck for lack of an appropriate, you know, I know why I get the explicit rating on this podcast. Every week I check the show and I'm like, I'm explicit. I'm like, come on. No, I'm not. And then I realized I dropped the F-bomb talking about a pair of innocent Crocs. People are bedazzling their Crocs. They're called gibbets. So you can add like a taco emoji or a heart or a kiss face, like, you know, fun, quick, like little language on your on your Crocs. Like Nordstrom is selling Crocs, I'm sure. There's tie-dye Crocs. There's every color Crocs. You see them at Dick's Sporting Goods. You see them on sale at Marshall's. It becomes so big that you start questioning your self-worth and wondering if Crocs are really cool. And then to tie it all up in a big bow, Justin Bieber comes out with Crocs. Chip and Joanna's youngest son, Crew. I've never seen someone as cool as Crew. And guess what he wears on his feet? Crocs. Oh, it's stressing me out because I know they're not cool. I'm not going to become that person. I'm not going to just buy into something because they're popular on social media. This is not a Gucci belt. This is a pair of plastic shoes that I learned today are waterproof, can float, and uh, very comfortable, which obviously, duh, they're comfortable. But the reason why it's relevant and the reason why I want to talk about Crocs, besides that A-plus phrase from Victoria Beckham, because I agree, is that I am in need of a pair of house shoes, I'm going to call them. I'm not a big slipper person. It's not that I don't like the fuzzy feeling in between my toes, but I just feel like their practical use is in such a short period of time in the winter that I don't ever feel like I need to wear them around the house living with my mom the house was very warm but living in my apartment in Albany with concrete floors if you're standing on concrete floors all day chances are your feet are going to get tired doing housework in my new house on the weekends I am like my knees my legs are killing me every single weekend when I'm just on my feet for like literally 12 hours doing projects up and down ladders painting on my knees doing whatever I started wearing my Javianas flip-flops, but now they're covered in paint. I don't know if I like flip-flops around the house, just for the audio effect. You know, I'm not looking for sound effects when I walk around the house. I'm not sure that I'm looking for a pair of like Ugg slippers. So for one second, God help me. Please forgive me if I have sinned and I've had impure thoughts that maybe Crocs could be the solution to my house shoe. I can't believe that that's, that's possibly true. It just can't be. I'm not going to allow myself to think that, feel that, be that, about that. What do you want to come in? Your are here. All right. Well, I'm talking about Crocs and Justin Bieber right now. Okay. Victoria Beckham said she would rather die than wear the Crocs that Justin Bieber gifted her. Jack. That's, excessive. that's It's not excessive. It is actually 100% accurate. And I just told my listeners here that I might have sinned and I had impure thoughts about buying Crocs. It's it's not practical, and I'm learning how to save money in a few minutes. All right, what do you need? Can you give me five minutes? Thank you. He's gone. Whew. I actually wanted to ask him about the Crocs because I wanted to ask Jack if he had house shoes at his concrete floors at his apartment in Albany. So if you have any suggestions of house shoes that I should wear, I'm really not sure what is right for me. I still haven't found the fanny pack. I owe you fanny pack pick. I did find the turban head wrap. I don't know the politically correct thing to call that because they call them turbans online. So I'm sorry. They're fashionable. Headscarf, head wrap, whatever. 
I'm sorry, the, the Crocs are getting me a little hot and bothered, but um, I just appreciate that. So maybe my next collab T will say that's not why I'm alive or thanks, but I'd rather die. That is that one's harsh, I'll say. I'm not going to say thanks, but I'd rather die. That's very mean. I am happy, 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 happy to be alive. Does that sound weird? Does that sound like I'm Britney Spears? Is somebody recording me right now making sure I'm okay, like my oxygen levels are good? I had a CBD uh, CBD mango orange juice today for lunch, and I will say it is not chilling me out. So there's that. Um, last but not least, nobody asked me, but girls, 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 if you are over the age of 12, please do not stick your tongue out in photographs. This is a nobody asked me, but that too gets my blood absolutely boiling. I cannot tell you the amount of photos I see on social media, selfies, pics with the girls, mirror shots at your favorite bar, where girls are sticking their tongues out. I think I had this conversation with myself or some audience of some kind back in the day when the Snapchat and Instagram filters started coming out where girls were constantly posting pictures in little videos of themselves with like the dog tongue, like the over-exaggerated, like mouth open, like little ears, rosy cheeks. And I'm like, do you think it makes you look hot to look like a dog? Do you want people to be turned on by you because you have a dog face on? I didn't understand it. I'm sure there's a, a section in Pornhub for that sort of role play. Not bestiality, obviously. Some sort of animal situation. I don't know what it is. I don't really frequent those sort of sites. And if I do, it's none of your business. Uh, what my preference is. Just kidding. Uh, whatever. Um, why are we sticking our tongues out? The dog filter is one thing. And that is a thing I, too, do not understand. But sticking your tongues out in pictures is, it's A, you think you look hot and you think guys are going to be like turned on or attracted by like your tongue out. B, I hope you wash your tongue. I hope you like actually put your quip toothbrush on there and let it vibrate for a few seconds so you can like push away whatever's filthy dirty about your tongue. Like nobody wants to see that part of your body. As much as toe cleavage, as much as, you know, I don't know, side boob is not a good example because people do like to see that. But there are certain body parts people just don't want to see. People don't want to see your toes. People don't want to see the backs of your legs. Like, I don't know. People don't need to see your tongue. It's not sexy. It's not cute. And it's so immature. Oh, my God. I saw a girl just posting about how happy she was that she graduated college. And she's sitting there sticking her tongue out. Like, I, I literally don't know. I'm going to actually... Give myself some homework where I can Google this and do some research if there is a cultural reason why people stick their tongue out, if there is a psychological reason why people stick their tongue out. I gave myself a little bit of a hard time the other day because I realized I don't really smile with my teeth very often. And I love my teeth, even though in episode one, I said sometimes I admit to only brushing my teeth once a day, but the fact that I'm a huge fan of the dentist, so I'm not going to stop anytime soon. But I'm like, wow, I always credit my parents for investing in my teeth and making sure that I didn't look terrible. I had literally double braces. I had headgear. I had like this crazy contraption with like pistons in my mouth. So I don't take for granted. Oh my God, I've been through this whole show and I haven't had a sip break. Please, one moment. The five couple's totally going to judge that I had Fiji water today. It's not even my favorite. I like smart water, okay? But, um... Where was I going with this? Oh, I don't smile with my teeth. And I feel like that's weird because I should. I have great teeth. I love them. I'm proud of them. I take good care of them. But sometimes I just feel like the smirk is more appropriate for the type of photos I'm taking. 
I don't know. So there might be a psychological reason behind that too. But trust me, start showing your teeth before you show your tongue. Smize, close smile, but whatever you do, I don't want to see the dog emoji hanging out of your mouth. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm sorry. Whoever heard this, I hope you can grow up. I hope you can put your tongue away. You put your tongue away and I will open my doors and welcome my interview who is coming in very soon. Alrighty, what's going on? I am sitting down with Allie and Josh, aka the Phi Couple, and almost Instagram famous, I would say. <laughs> um, money saving, all things financial. And before I introduce you guys, I just want to say, I thought I was being set up <laughs> by Jack, my partner, who thinks I am notoriously terrible with money. But I'll tell you why I'm not being set up because you two reached out to me first yeah. so this could just be meant to be in some way <laughs> how's it going guys uh so good we are super excited to be here with you guys today we've been following two buttons deep for so long so it's kind of a surreal moment to be on the show and connect yeah. with you very guys. very loyal fans of two buttons deep <laughs> and so it's like full circle to be here today wow i'm thrilled to have that on the record and the reason why you're here today apparently is that there are some things that you can teach me you are experts in paying down debt being smart about your finances, investing, obviously. You mm-hmm. said you're going to retire in your 30s? Yeah, so that's the game plan. And, and retirement can kind of be a loaded word. Like, we don't have aspirations to sit on a beach and do nothing all day. Right. Um, it's more so just have work optionality and just work on projects that really inspire us. Um, we're really very passionate about the work that we do through the Phi Couple and would love to have that be our only job that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what retirement means to us is just retire from full-time work. Uh, and yeah, in our 30s. Wow. I think I could do that too, actually. We're kind of building something with two buttons deep. I yeah. wouldn't call what we would do retiring because <laughs> it would kick things up a notch, but there has to be some like something that happened or some reason why you became interested in like paying down debt and saving a lot of money. I haven't reached that level of interest yet. I'm more interested in spending money, but why the Phi couple? Like why you could start an Instagram account of your dog, but you chose to do this. So in 2018, we got married and we had $100,000 in student loans and we were working multiple jobs. We were miserable. We were burnt out. And the year of our wedding, um, Josh got laid off from a long-term employer, like seven years. And very quickly, you realize how closely you're like, life and success and livelihood is tied to someone and you have no control like Mm -hmm. if that happens right so that reality was huge and like through that challenge it made us like realize we're not really thinking about our finances we're not tracking our spending we're not talking about money at all and now it really matters Mm -hmm. yeah and we started like the year going into our wedding we were kind of like hey we're getting married what do we want our wedding or our marriage to look like Mm -hmm. what do we want our lives to look like yeah and we we kind of made a list of all the things that we love to do and then we stepped back and we were like we're not doing any of them and then we said why and it's because we're both working crazy hours um, and spending everything and then some Um, and we're like well what's the solution to be able to do the things that we love and not just for nights and weekends but do them you know as much as we want Mm -hmm. Um, that's where we started learning kind of finance and what we can make changes in Mm -hmm. we kind of like projected out our lives and realized we didn't want a life of working 30 years and retiring in your 60s and living for the nights and weekends i want every day with this person because i just married them and i'm obsessed with them right Right. um so the movement of like financial independence kind of like can bring you that time freedom where you are able to be savvy with your finances and build a stream of income um that lets you have more time freedom 
Two things. Backing up for a second. One, I do want you guys to talk about how you started with the wedding because I just, before you guys came in, I was talking about weddings and I said, I hope they tell me like not to spend like 50 grand on a wedding because I already know that, but (laughs) trust me, I'll spend money on anything. So I could do that. Um, So talk about that for a second. And then the second thing, sorry, this talking about like living for the nights and the weekends my dad told me said this quote to me the other day and i was like i'm gonna hang up on you <laughs> he was like he's a huge meme guy and he was like i saw this meme the other day we were talking about like death and like dying yeah and he said i saw this meme it wasn't really a meme but it was like all these it was like all these people in a line yeah. and like the top people were like like mid angels like rising up and it said like you never know when like you're going to be called home or something. And I was like, dad, goodbye. We're not talking about this, but I've been thinking about it a lot. And I'm like, when you think about spending your life with somebody, like I could get emotional thinking like anything could happen, you know? Um, So wedding and then like why you're doing that for your life. So for our wedding, like I feel like any couple that has gone through wedding planning, they know it is a struggle on so many levels, right? right? We have like what society tells us we need. Mm-hmm. We have the things that we've dreamed dreamed about as a female, like since we were little girls, mm-hmm. right? Um, but for us, I wanted like a 25-person backyard barbecue and Josh was like a literal bridezilla and wanted a 500-person <laughs> extravaganza, Um which was funny. So we met in the middle. Um, we did a lot of DIY. Our wedding was under 15,000. Wow. Which when you look at the national average, when we had our wedding in 2018, it was 35,000 for wow. weddings, right? Um, so we were really, you know, really, what word am I looking for? I would say like intentional too. Intentional mm-hmm. with what we valued. So like I really cared a lot about videography and photography. So I put more money there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but for me, it was like, it's a single day. It's an amazing day, but it's a blur. Yeah. So I, we actually, instead of having a crazy wedding, um, bought a duplex and went on an awesome vacation. And we kind of like used that money in ways that would serve us more in the long term. In our opinion, not everyone feels that way. Right. That kind of answers my second question, right? Is like you started to think about that future, not only what you wanted, but how you were going to get there. Because I have things I think are never going to happen. I thought I would never have a house. And it's more a miracle that I got that than not. But talk to me a little bit about how real estate is a way to build wealth because in the capital region i think that's one of our sweet spots right yeah. is that young couples can get in oh, yeah. on investment properties and you tell me i don't know as much i just have yeah ideas. no and 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 that's honestly the reason and a part why we're here today like so we had a hundred thousand dollars in student loans and now we almost don't have a hundred thousand dollars in student loans in less than three years and a lot of that was because of real estate now mm-hmm. within real estate there's a lot of different types of real estate so for us The reason we got into real estate was neither of us were making a ton of money and we kind of learned first of all how to budget that in and of itself is a whole other language i don't know if i'm even like ready for right (laughs) not talk about the budget yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so once we learned how to budget and kind of see our numbers we realized that most of our money every single month was going to one thing it was housing and Mm -hmm. specifically rent so we kind of started saying well we could either try to just both work insane hours and try to make a ton more money or could we find a creative way to reduce or remove our largest line item in our budget Mm -hmm. Uh, and at first we leaned towards hours of work and we did and we got burnt out very very quickly Um, and then I am kind of like a personal finance nut so I read all day I podcast all day and everything like that and I found a book um, this guy Scott and he basically gave us the blueprint we are now using to retire in our 30s Mm -hmm. and one of the biggest things was is as a couple or an individual you can buy a duplex which is just like a two-family house right 
and you live in one side and then the other unit you collect rent from mm -hmm. that rent especially if you do it really well that rent will pay the entire mortgage mm -hmm. or 70 80 percent of the mortgage right wow. so real life application of this we went from paying twelve hundred dollars a month in you know leading up to our wedding uh to paying 350 dollars a month and that was almost like a ten thousand dollar a year pay raise now all of a sudden instead of having to work you know 20 30 more hours per week on top of our full-time careers mm -hmm. we were saving over ten thousand dollars a year in housing and that's how we got started with real estate wow so just because you're saving so like if i save money somewhere mm -hmm. i usually like find another place to spend it yeah. and that is a fatal flaw right mm -hmm. i'm like oh i you know i saved on this bill this month so i'm gonna go buy either something for my house or some piece of clothing that I like. So what are your saving strategies that will work for like literally anybody just asking for someone? Yeah. So I relate to this on such a deep level because okay, I good. am the spender and he will yell at me when we get boxes at the house. <laughs> oh, like God. he's like, Allie, what did you buy this time? Um, Jim so from Amazon said hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so when he first proposed all of this, I thought he was actually insane. I'm like, who did I just marry? Like yeah. he wants me to be a landlord and stop buying things and drive a used car. And like, you know, no, I don't want to do any of this um but then he started we always say this like he started speaking my language mm -hmm. so he was putting it not into like dollars and cents of all the money we could save but he's like do you want to go travel Europe for two months at a time? Do you want to quit your job in three years and like chill at home when we have kids? And like, do you want to just be location independent? So travel is a huge value for us. So for me, it's kind of like holding on to the bigger picture mm -hmm. of, yeah, I could get this $600 purse. It's beautiful. But how many hours would I physically have to work to pay for that? So then you think right. about like, okay, you make $250 a day. That's like, three days of work is that worth it for you mm -hmm. it may be so trying to think of our transactions versus how much time it takes to get them with that being said I love online shopping mm -hmm. I love takeout food and all of these different things um so I think it's just finding that balance of we've reduced our cost of living so much that we can be flexible with some of our spending yeah I think that's a good thing for people who are listening to this to know because I think you know, when you think of someone traditionally who is saving to buy a house or even, a, you know, saving for a wedding or some big life purchase, you think, you know, they're saying no to all their plans. They're making the most basic of meals every night. Right. They have no social life because for us and what we do, like a lot of the spending is tied to something social, yeah. you know, to either creating content or seeing a group of friends or for me, like, and I can talk myself out of anything. It's like, well, I need to buy this thing because I can post about it on Instagram. Yeah. Right. So there's some sort of strategy, but it's digging myself in a little bit of a, a lesser hole. Do you guys feel like having a partner to be on the same page is a big part of this? Like, I feel like if I was to go to my boyfriend with this conversation, it might be easier than me trying to do it myself and be like, eh, and give up. It's like losing weight. We talk about this all the time that in a relationship, you know, we recommend having money conversations early and often. Mm -hmm. And we always joke about this, like people are very quick to share their bodies with their partner, but they're not quick to share their budgets. Yeah. So like in terms of intimacy, people don't like talking about money. It's a right. taboo subject in our society. You guys it's need like, like a shirt that says like bodies or budgets <laughs> like, over bodies or something. Yeah. It's like we there's like a phrase like one bed, one budget. So like couples sh like merging your finances, talking about money, because the number one reason that couples fight and get divorced is because of money. Yeah. But we don't talk about it. We right. have a financial 
financial literacy problem in yeah. our country is that what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. so yeah it's huge that's interesting because <laughs> i feel like there's so there's two different sides right there's as a couple i think it's smart to talk about money maybe you guys can talk a little bit more about why or how you've done it yeah. but the other thing is like for example, my parents like definitely probably got divorced for money. I know my mom used to be a stay-at-home mom before mm-hmm. when the economy was mm-hmm. good and then the recession hit oh, and it was yeah. like, go get a job and blah, blah, blah. But as a woman, I think you also need to be financially independent mm-hmm. enough that you're not tied to another Correct. human being, right? right? So what's the difference between those two things? Yeah, no, it, it is a balancing act. And I will say too, like, so when I first proposed all of this financial independence and retire early to Allie, she thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. And my biggest fault was I was only talking money with Allie and I was only talking numbers and I was showing her all the Excel sheets and the you know the investment graphs and everything like that. Um, once I stopped talking so much about money and we really started talking about our values, that was the biggest thing. And like the point you made earlier about your dad. So for us, number one uh, value is family. And And time together. And time together. And so once I stopped saying like, well, this investment or if we do this or whatever, and it was more so, you know, we could have instead of just nights or weekends with our family, we could spend weeks or months with our family. Mm -hmm. And we don't have all the time in the world with our family, especially both for our parents are aging. We have grandparents that we'd love to spend more time with. Once we started talking about our values, that got a lot easier to talk about money because money is just the bridge, right? Point A is where we are, C is the destination we'd like to go, and money in some capacity helps us get there. Mm-hmm. What that destination looks like, a lot of that is contingent on a person's values. And so for us, once we got clarity on the values and specifically that like the best thing money can buy is financial freedom for us mm-hmm. because then it gives us the time freedom. Mm-hmm. That time, what we do with it, well, that's the cool part. You know, That's what we're kind of figuring out now. It's like right. we have more time than we've ever had what do we do now? Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of it is just spend time together, especially with everything that's been going on. Um, But really it wasn't, the conversations about money, that's where we started. But now we hardly ever talk about money actually between the two of us. A lot of it is just talking about our values and what do we want to do with time. It's just like what you want your life to look like together, right? So I think sometimes in all of our adult lives, you go into autopilot, you go to your job, you're burnt out, you cook dinner and you pass out and you watch Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. Like rinse, repeat. So it's just being intentional with like, our life doesn't actually have to look like that. So in like your wildest dreams, what do you want to do? Maybe it's pursuing like a passion project that you love and it can become like a full-time thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And to answer your second question regarding female and finance, I think that's a whole other topic because I think women are taught to spend, right? We're not taught to be financially savvy, right? like statistically speaking like women in math and science and all of these things we just like were we ever brought up like talk about the stock market talk about investing no no but for some reason men are like super into it and they are like more represented in that so I do think it's super important for women to have more financial literacy and more of a voice in it because women are statistically better investors than men oh yeah yeah I like that (laughs) hopefully we're not like better gamblers or anything that's not gonna be my key to making money but so you basically pay down your student loans by investing in real estate but what are some quick like saving strategies. So for example, because we do have to talk about my problems and what you can help me with, (laughs) like the best thing I could do like at this point in time was I downloaded the Acorns app. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Absolutely. But for me, it's like a hands-free way to save money. It rounds up your spare change. And, you know, I check it every day and today I have $1,300. There you go. Then that to me is like free money, right? I don't see the pennies going away. Um, I could use that for a vacation or if something bad happened to me. 
But I know that's like a very baby step. Sure. So what are some like quick saving? Like do you guys put away a certain dollar amount a week or anything like that? So I think that's exactly it. You want to give your money a home because if you don't, it will find its own home. Right? Yes, it yeah. will. And <laughs> Rent the Runway and yeah. Melio and yeah. shoes and head wraps and Ray-Bans. Literally. So it's like pay your investments and your goals first and then pay your wants second okay whatever you have left over with your wants do it go crazy get the ray-bans get the new shirt whatever the heck you want okay. right okay. um you can still have fun you don't have to be miserable budgeting right. so right. that's like right. our biggest thing that was a yeah. big learning point for us too like when we started out we were thinking like well we can't spend anything we we were yeah. we were thinking that yeah. and yeah. That, yeah. Last, <laughs> that lasted about three months like ali you can't buy anything you're on lockdown yeah. like, oh it was my like god COVID. i couldn't yeah. live yeah. like that yeah. it last very long yeah yeah we wouldn't have lasted very long if that's how it remained but the reality is it has to be sustainable so if you are miserable every single day like we talk about this a lot if you like that six dollar latte you shouldn't cut it out because it's bringing you joy right Mm -hmm. so you want to um spend on things that you love and cut away on things that you don't yeah so if you i'm trying to think of an example for this like if you spend tons of money getting takeout lunch every day but you're like, I can make a salad or I could make food at home and I'd be really happy, then make that compromise. Yep. But if you love that latte and it starts your day off great, buy the damn latte. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I would say too, like our biggest things is like, so statistically, the average American spends like 72% of their uh, money every month between housing, food and transportation. Mm-hmm. Like those are the big three. Yeah. So for us, especially with our goals to both A, pay off student loans aggressively and B, become financially free, we said... Instead of focusing on the three or five or six dollar latte, right, or the twenty-five, thirty-five, forty-five dollar night out with friends, how can we cut out like the thirty thousand dollar problems instead of focusing on the three hundred dollar problems? Right. And so for us, that looked like housing, right? So now the way we've structured our housing, we don't pay any money. We actually make money through housing. Yeah. Um, car payments. We have no car payments. That was once a, a point of contention, uh, but now we don't have any car payments. How'd you do that? Well, so that's a whole funny story. Uh-oh. But, um, <laughs> Someone doesn't like what happened with the car. <laughs> no, it was it was kind of crazy. So like sometimes like the universe will be like knocking and kind of be like, hey, you know, like, we got to look out for you here. And so long story short, we like crashed our way into having no car debt. Josh got into a car accident and then it was like that pivotal moment. Like you crash your car. So they give you a payout. And it's like I was like, let's go get like another twenty thousand dollar vehicle. Yep. He's like, no, we're going to get a used Toyota Corolla and pay cash. So then we yep. don't have a car payment. Yeah. And I cried the whole way home from oh the car God. dealership. But now I don't care. It's a vehicle. I sound ridiculous even saying that. Right. But you know what yep. I mean? Jack um, is so rolling his eyes. I mean, he just can't with me. Because you're just thinking of all the dumb things that I spend money on. He says, yeah. So another spending tip, right? So give your money a home because if you don't, it will uh, find its way somewhere. Yeah. Um, another thing for me that I try with shopping because like online shopping and like buying things, I will find any excuse. Like I'll see a product and I'm an immediate victim of advertising. I'm like, yep. wait, oh, yeah. I need th- this hair product is going to transform my hair, right? It's <laughs> whatever it is, what it is. Um, I try to leave it in my shopping cart for 24 hours. Oh, And if I tip. still want it. I'll buy it because what companies do is they're like, there's a sale. You have to buy it right now. So then I'm literally like sweating. I'm like, there's a sale. It's going to run out. I have to look through all the items and, you know. Yep. Really? Like the world will not stop spinning if I don't get 20% off on these jeans right now. Right. So I try to like be more intentional and take some time and leave it in my, leave it in my shopping. Yeah. Yeah. 
kick back on like the impulse buying. I think that's <laughs> right. a good one for all the buttonistas <laughs> out there. Um, one question I have is, you know, people got stimulus checks this year. People yeah. might have had, you know, we're going to get tax refunds very soon if people haven't already. Yeah. One of the things that I've heard is, you know, if you have like a little extra money, like use it to pay off, like, you know, put an extra like thousand dollars towards your student loan. Yeah. I have never done that. Convince me if I get a refund, I should put it to something like that. So the first thing that we always say when we work with people with like financial mentoring is the first thing that I would say is you want to make sure you have an emergency fund. Yeah. And right. an emergency fund would look different for many people. Um, so for us, we carry like a two to three month emergency fund of our living expenses. So whatever we spend on a monthly basis, we would want to math that out for three months and keep that in savings. Mm-hmm. So for people that didn't have any type of savings or emergency fund, I would be like literally throw that money yeah. into savings for yeah. when something happens right um but if if you have an emergency fund um the next step that i would say is start paying down that debt and or start investing yeah and and sometimes people will frame it as like do i pay down debt do i invest it's all investing to us because mm-hmm. either way you're working towards better financial freedom right and so for some people, like if they have a student loan right now, that student loan is at 0%. It can be really, really tempting to want to pay that student loan. But if you have that credit card and that credit card, you're paying, say, 20 or 25% interest on that, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get a better return on your investment by actually paying off that debt on your credit card first because that student loan isn't compounding any interest right now. Right. Um, whereas that credit card is. So every single month, you become a paycheck for that bank. So when you consider debt payoff for us, we really want to look at all of our different debts, student loans, credit card, mortgage debt, whatever has the highest interest rate is yep. your best bet to save. But then there's also the psychological component of I have a hundred grand in student loans. That's super overwhelming. I only have 2000 on my credit card. So I'd feel better if I started with this big, big amount. Right. So it's really person specific with that. My granddad, who's like 85, is like, just don't pay your student loans. He's British. He has no idea. Yeah. My granddad, I'm pretty sure I have to pay them. So yeah. I actually like the advice to pay down the credit card because to me, that means I could probably like buy something else with it. I'm getting there. OK, I'm learning <laughs> some things. Um, but I think that makes sense. You know, it's it's such a big number. It can be very sure. overwhelming. Um, I was going to ask something that I can't think of right now. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, I know. Um, like I mentioned Acorns, you know, so there's like the Robinhood app. There's all these like online investing platforms. And when I had my first job at an advertising agency, we were right next to like a Northwestern Mutual. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people pushed me over there to go meet with them. And then I had no money. I mean, I, you know, had no money. I realized now they... They actually told me to do like a life insurance policy. Yeah. So I've been paying $50 a month in life insurance. I thought I was investing it. Because right. I remember he told me you could like cash out whenever you want. Yeah. And I looked into it when I bought my first house. I was like, oh, maybe I have like three grand or something. Right. And it was freaking life insurance. Correct. So, I mean, obviously you guys aren't like trained financial advisors. But yeah. what is your opinion on like the industry, like 401ks, that type of stuff versus like figuring it out on your own and like bootstrapping a strategy? Yeah. No, that's a great point. And so... What's, what's hard is the for the financial services industry, um, not to like cash shade on it or that it's bad. There are a lot of people who are better salesmen and sales professionals than they yep. are advisors. Yeah. And yeah. so that's something you always want to watch out for because there's what's called a fiduciary, meaning that professional, their sole purpose is to make sure they're looking out for your best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can ask them, do you act in a fiduciary capacity? And they legally have to say yes. Sometimes they may try to skirt around. It's a yes or no question. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, um, whether it's like a Northwestern Mutual or other 
like an insurance firm, a lot of times if you ask them, they may skirt around it, but ultimately they're not always acting in your best interest. And that agent that sold you that life insurance policy made a great commission off of that. Yeah. Um, and so, but we're big fans of having like a financial advisor in your corner if you feel as though it's needed. A lot of times, like finance isn't always com- like overly complicated, but I think sometimes people make it complicated. It seems more complicated. It seems complicated. And that's a means of getting people into the offices of xyz company right um so i think it's great to use an app like acorns um Robinhood's an interesting one because they've actually been paying out millions and millions of legal fees because of the way they advertise mm-hmm. um and the way they encourage people to kind of uh, engage in like uh, impulse stuff um so i think i think it's good that more young people are making use of those services but i think it's really important they know what they're using right what they're investing in but just as an example we have multiple streams for our investments so we use a 401k and that is primarily going to be funding our retirement like actual retirement like when we're in our 60s but you can also open something that's known as a taxable brokerage account like through m1 finance which is another app and that is super user-friendly anyone could set it up and that is going to be paying you what's called monthly dividends or quarterly dividends where you are actually receiving income from your investments whereas a 401k you wouldn't pull from until you're like ready to retire so those are two different like investment routes that you could go or multiple yeah let's talk again we'll get you set up i think we're gonna need to talk again but (laughs) um what should people know about what you're doing to help people like just kind of you know to wrap it up here you know it's not only telling your personal story and the successes that you've had but you want to be a resource for other people here in the capital region what do they need to know so our big thing was we got married with a hundred thousand dollars in student loans we made tons of financial mistakes we're not six-figure income earners we are like normal everyday people and we are going to retire in our 30s and we're going to do it through a lot of different investing uh, strategies mm-hmm. so for us we want to just show that like this path is accessible to you even if you don't have a trust fund even if you don't have debt um, and you don't have to live that stereotypical life of I work for 30 years and then yeah I can vacation in my 60s you know right um, so we want to empower other people to take control of their finances and to give themselves more time and like life freedom doing what matters most yeah. and we work with individuals and couples all around the country we provide money mentoring and so Um, If they have specific questions to how do I pay off debt? What's a 401k? Um, How do I invest in real estate? We we can kind of cover the gambit. Now, mind you, we're not uh, certified financial planners or anything like that. And if there's anything that's above our pay grade, we'll say it's probably best that you talk to a tax professional or a certified financial planner. But a lot of topics we can cover. And most people, when they come to us, they're just looking for somewhere to start. And that's where we help. That's pretty cool. The last thing I have to ask, you know, we have a lot in common. Like I said, you know, Jack and I would also like to retire in our 30s, quote unquote. Yeah. How did you get so many followers on Instagram? I mean, that's we know what it's like to build an Instagram platform from nothing and you hit a niche market. But 17,000 and counting, you guys are growing like crazy. How did you do it? So we made our Instagram in November. What? Yeah. I quit. I'm going to retire now. It's over. I'm, I cannot. What? Uh, it's not an accident, right? So you guys know, like, it's an incredible amount of work. Oh, my gosh. And we, like, look at, you know, um, content creators that are, like, solo doing that. And I'm God like, I don't you. know. Like, my hands hurt at the end of the day. Like, I don't know how we could do it if yeah. we weren't doing it together. Um, but we work really hard to provide... Um, 
we provide like a very clear defined message of what it is that we want to communicate to our audience um, and just try to be very transparent and authentic. And I think people appreciate that. But like behind the scenes stuff, like, yeah, we're analyzing our hashtag analytic. We're commenting on other big pages to draw traffic to our page. There's a lot of other like technical things. We're actively posting. Um, Do you have anything else? A lot of it's like relationship building too, you know, um, the stuff that we're doing today in 2021, a lot of it started three years ago, you know, and it was uh, being on like a big pages, you know, as like a fan and commenting and stuff like that and building rapport in that regard. And so then when we launched this endeavor, they're like, that's so exciting. How can I help? And so we've been kind of blown away by how many people have reached out and said, yep, you know, a lot of mentors unofficially who just kind of taught us social media, which is it's kind of interesting always being like a consumer, but now being a producer of social media um, and kind of seeing like the behind the scenes stuff. So, but yeah, it is a ton of work, um, but it's also something we're really passionate about. Yeah, no, it's a great way to get the message out there. I think if someone can find it on Instagram and take value from it, you yeah. know, whether it's news or right. something that they'll, you know, just learn and be a better person for besides, you know, videos and silly stuff. It's yeah. a vulnerable position to put yourselves out there and talking about money. And, you know, I've always said to, to my team is like, I always wanted to tell my story of having student loans. I don't have the answer yet. I guess I just wanted to complain about it. But, you know, I think it's important. People sometimes think like, you know, because of the clothes you wear, the car you drive or whatever, that you have it all figured out and that you've been given something or, you know, we all have challenges. Trust me, if I I really didn't have to work, I wouldn't have to work either, right? So there's a lot more to it and I really appreciate what you guys are doing to spread the word and hopefully I'm joining you on a a beach somewhere or a a road trip (laughs) when we are all retired in just a few short years. You're in your 30s now though, so time's ticking. I I know. The countdown (laughs) is literally on, but I'm here for it. I'm like ready to go, so. Yeah, no, and and we really appreciate you guys having us on and and honestly like a big reason we started this is because we weren't hearing our story necessarily being told and so we said why don't we just tell our story you yeah. know and so we kind we of want to normalize debt we want to normalize the frustration of it yep. and that there is like life after debt and you can change your circumstances with some action so in just for a couple sure. of years yeah. yeah i mean two years well two and a half years ago our life was completely different than mm-hmm. it is today that's awesome. And I can't wait to see where you are two years from now. So yeah. go ahead and follow <laughs> at the Phi Couple on social media. Allie and Josh, thank you guys so much for coming. Thank we appreciate you. it. Thank you so much. <laughs>